please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I mean, they always have a big mouth, they always talk a lot, so <laughs> it happened before, it's gonna happen again. This week's fan guest lives in Prague, Czech Republic, and is up at 4 a.m. to be on this virtual tennis meet and greet, so there should be no doubt that he's a big fan of today's guest. Working in HR for Amazon, he told me his favorite fan moment was when our guest delivered the bronze medal back to their home country. Wow, was that a bad Amazon joke? That was pretty bad at 4 a.m. You didn't even laugh at it. So I'll work on it, I promise. I'll be I'll get much better. Please welcome to the show Jan Schmelik. Ahoy. How are you? I'm glad that I can be here with you. I'm doing good. It's 4 a.m. in Prague. I was thinking you'd be drinking coffee right now. I'm drinking wine. Yeah, I didn't wake up earlier enough to to make it. So Well, I'm I'm glad you're here too. You know, we're celebrating tonight. It's gonna be a great night. I'm guessing our guest is drinking water because she's prepping for the Australian Open. So, but who knows? Let's find out. All right, our guest today's personality is as big as her trophy case. On July 15, 2019, after winning her first Wimbledon title, she would earn the ultimate cherry on top of an already legendary career to become the 43rd player in the history of women's tennis to become the number one doubles player on the WTA tour. What a dream two weeks. Born in Pilsen, Czech Republic, she achieved the number one ranking in both singles and doubles as a junior, winning five Grand Slams, and is still regarded as one of the best junior players of all time. As a veteran of the WTA Tour, she has singles wins over 11 former number one players, including Ash Barty, Angelique Kerber, and Naomi Osaka. And she's used her all-court craft to win 31 WTA doubles titles, two singles titles, a bronze medal at the 2016 Rio Olympics, six Fed Cup titles, all that, and she's still found time to teach a young player or two how to give a proper handshake at the net. It's our <laughs> guest, Barbara Streetsova. Barbara, ahoy! Hello! Hi, 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 ahoy! Thanks for the introduction. It was unbelievable. Yay! Welcome to the show. I'm very proud of us today, you guys. We're on three different continents all over the world. That's pretty awesome. Well done. It is awesome. And I'm not drinking wine. I'm still with orange juice, but I will maybe switch later for wine. We'll switch after you win your trophy, all right? All right. Um, but you know what else is pretty awesome? This is also your official, I'm almost out of my hotel party. It is. It's almost happening. That's right. How excited are you? I am so excited. One more day, one and a half days. So uh, it's been tough. It's been tough, but I'm excited because I went through the two weeks pretty good. I had like two days where I was down and flat, you know, but now I'm like just fine. Well, now you're used to it. You're in a routine. So you seem in very good spirits. So I am. I mean, I will say your quarantine Instagram has been on point the past two weeks. <laughs> Did you like the bike building? I love the bike building. <laughs> you just need to see humans and some fresh air again, and you're going to be the same old Barbara. It'll be fine. I, I hope it will be that easy, but you, you you know how it is with athletes. You kind of get used to everything, you know, so it will take some time, but I will be fine. You're going to be fine. I bet you're so excited you'd even give Yule Putanseva a hug when you come out of there. I bet you're going to be just um, so... <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. We'll think about Maybe it. Maybe a handshake, okay? Oh, a handshake. We'll see. I'd love to see that handshake. But in all seriousness, guys, we still have a major pandemic all over the world. So it was nice to read some of your comments this past week in the Australian media about the Melbourne lockdown, Barbara. I know tennis fans are applauding Tennis Australia and the government's efforts to make sure this event happens safely. 
How have your family and friends been dealing with COVID? Everyone okay? Everyone is healthy so far. So I, I am very, I am happy about that because, you know, like you said, it's pandemic and this is really crazy what's going on around the world. And, and uh, yeah, we have to be here for two weeks, but hey, they were locked down in five months. So we have to go through it. I love it. I love that you're, that attitude. It's great. <laughs> it's good to hear you're safe. We're going to talk about the current situation in Melbourne in a little bit, and also Barbara's amazing career. But first, I always like to start the pod with my favorite way to start any service game, 15 Love. And that's 15 Love. It's a super simple game. I'm gonna throw 15 questions at you, Barbara, and you just respond as quickly as you can with the first thing that pops into your lava. Okay? <laughs> All right. I would love to get into Barbara's brain, so let's do it. All right, question number one. Barbara, name the first professional match you remember watching live or on television. Uh, Hingis uh, Graf. French Open? Yeah. I mean, of course, the drama. <laughs> the drama of that match. Hold on, but the lava will have it forever here in my lava. <laughs> One <laughs> in your lava. Yes, absolutely. That Wimbledon and that French Open, iconic in, you know, right, right before you turn pro, iconic. All right, Barbara, I'm learning Czech so I can listen to your hit podcast, You Baru, which means in the bar in English. So the question is, when we're drinking together and we can all go to bars again, what is the signature Barbara Streets of a cocktail? Easy. Jack and Coke. <laughs> Jack and Coke, how hardcore! I love Jack Daniels. I like I love whiskey, so I'm like. I saw a gin and tonic reference today on your Instagram. I know, but this is kind of like you starting a little bit light, but then oh, you know the jacket. Wow, gin is light. This is gonna be a fun. Oh, I wish you were drinking right now, but I'll take the juice. I'll take the water. It's fine. All right, question number three. Your Instagram over the past two weeks has been so good. Are there any other players that have entertained you with their quarantine content? Um, can I say like not much? Yeah, you can. You're bored by it. You're doing other things. You're, you know, you're busy in the room. Yeah, I'm like a lot of them like were posting um, workouts and this and that. But if I would have to maybe pick one, I like some Bethany Matic Sand was pretty. Always good. Another good workout. Yeah. But Svitolina's TikToks are getting very funny. I don't know. That's Yeah, not I have to follow her. I don't follow her. So I'm not on TikTok. So maybe I should start. Same. She posted to her Instagram. I don't want to start. <laughs> She's on Instagram. She does it on Instagram as well. Heather, Heather Watson has posted some good content this week too. So very funny as well. Okay. I have to check it out. Maybe I didn't check it out so much. So. <laughs> and also, I mean, did you see Putin save us mice in the room as well? I know we've been talking about Yulia for like twice now, but like, did you see that as well? Uh, I saw it. I saw it and I heard that she changed her room and then she had it again. I mean, it's karma, right? That wasn't payback, right? You didn't, you had nothing to do with that, did you? With Okay, I'm just making sure. All right, it's karma. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Honestly, she's going to need like, you're going to have to give her a hug. She has mice in her room. She's probably dreaming of mice for the past couple of weeks. I want to see this. I know, I have to give her a hug. I want yeah. a hug. I want to see this moment. All right, number four, speaking of quarantine, what have you been Netflixing and watching the past two weeks? La Casa de Papel. Oh, dra more drama. I'm learning so much about you. Yeah, but listen to this one. I just finished uh, season one and two. My heart was pumping like so crazy that I said, I can't watch it anymore. And I'm in love with Professor. Oh my God, he is so nice, cool. I mean, hello. <laughs> I don't watch much TV. I only watch trash TV. So I, I'm going to pick it up. We'll talk about it later. All right, number five, Barbara, you achieved the number one ranking in doubles and are one of the greatest doubles players of our generation. Who do you consider to be the best doubles player of all time? Martina Navratilova. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I have her book right here. Um, that's a good one. We'll talk about her in a second too. All right. Speaking of doubles, name someone that you'd like to play doubles or mixed with, but have not yet. Well, of course I will say uh, Nadal, but uh, yeah, I would like to play mixed with him. I would like to experience how he, he is so energetic on court. Same as me, but you know, it's Nadal. Can we set this up for <laughs> the French Open? I want to see this happen. I mean, yeah. Jan, let's do a petition. We have to start this, right? All right. We're going to work on this. I promise. Yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. Amazing. I mean, wow. <laughs> but you know, I would if I would have to choose also from a uh, female, I would love to share the court with Steffi, Steffi Graf. I mean, yeah. For, for me it's an idol, have always been. Has she? Yes, I mean, just yeah. love Steffi Graf. Great. I wish she would come. So beautiful. I, beautiful. I wish she'd come back to tennis though. We need Steffi Graf. We need her a little bit. Yeah, we need Steffi. We need her come back. Yeah. All right. Question number seven. One of my favorites, Andrea Pekovic, once told me that you're one of the coolest people she's ever met on tour. How would you describe yourself off court? What's your vibe and personality, Barbara? Same vibe as on court, but I'm not that crazy. Uh, I'm not patient person at all. I am very energetic, emotional, but okay. I may be a little bit calmer than on the court. It's a good explanation. We'll good, see. Good explanation. We'll, see, we'll <laughs> see if that corroborates in a little bit in the next hour. Okay, number eight, Barbara, what is a nickname that someone you know calls you? Well, I just have one nickname that's B and uh, a lot of people calls me that nickname. So yeah, B. That's a good one. Number nine, Barbara, if you had the power to change anything or any rule in tennis, what would you pick? I would pick uh, more, emo more emotions like that allowed us to be more emotional, not so many. <laughs> so more, more emotions, less fines is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what she meant to say. All right. Less, I don't want to be fine for screaming the F word during matches is what, is what that means. All right. Speaking of getting fired up, Barbara, Barbara gets fired up during matches and watch out because her fans love it. So we wondered what pisses Barbara Streetsova off? Oh my God, I know exactly. Like when I'm I'm fighting on court every single time, I never give up, but I hate when someone says, come on, fight, fight. And I'm like, are you fucking me? I'm fighting here. <laughs> oh, you mean the fans? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if some coach would tell me this, bye. <laughs> bye. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, this is going to be fun. All right, I'm having a good time. I'm smiling already. All right, number 11. Can you give all the doubles players out there listening one piece of advice? Um, don't be scared to move at the net because the person who is at the net is doing the work there. Yes. Move my fat ass is what you're saying to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Move, move your fat ass. Move your slow leg. <laughs> All right. Number 12. You get one loss, Barbara. Singles or doubles, you get to pick from your career to turn into a win instead. Which do you pick? It's uh, a good, it's a great question. Um, I think, so I can choose singles or doubles? Yeah, your pick. You're the boss. Mm, so what is in my head is really I would uh, pick the Lisicki match at the US Open. Third round, I had 5-1 in the third set and I lost 5-7. Oh my gosh. Well, that's more like yeah. something you've been ruminating about for the past, like, you know, for years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. the Wimbledon match. Okay, here we go. That's fine. The first thing. That... What do you mean? But which one? Like, you mean that that I lost and I would like to. Yeah. Like... Yeah. And a, a win. That's fine. If you pick that match, it's great. Let's go back because maybe you make the fourth round. Maybe you make the semis. Maybe you make the finals. Hey. All right. Number 13. We're almost done. What is something listeners probably don't know about you, Barbara Streetsova? Oh, <laughs> um, that. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I mean that I I am a person who feels 
like if I go for a street and I see some let's say homeless people or let let's say like an old couple, then I feel sorry for them, but I don't have the reason to feel sorry, and I start to cry. So that often that happens often in at the supermarket. For example, I go to shop groceries, and in front of me there is a old uh, old guy, and he's like this and that, and I'm like I cannot I cannot watch it I cannot watch it I even want to pay for him, you know, because I feel so sorry for him, and I I don't like that. You wear your heart you know? on your sleeve. But I am a soft person, very soft. All right, number 14, looking forward to next year. What is your number one goal for the 2021 tennis season? I would love that the sport comes to normal and we have fans and we have people cheering and doing atmosphere for us and we are performing live for them. This is my first thing I want. We all want that. So everyone's raising their hands yeah. listening right now. They're like, yes, preach, Barbara Srutseva. <laughs> all right, last question in this round. Once you retire in nine or 10 years, <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for? I would like to be remembered for never give up person. I would like to be remembered for that I gave everything on the court and also off the court. And that I just want that they remember me as, as a cool person. Which we will. <laughs> You're very cool. <laughs> of course, we definitely will. That's a good way to get the brains working today. That's a, always a good for search game. Yeah. All right, Barbara, before we jump into your insanely long list of accomplishments, can we time warp back to 2020 for just one second? I know we don't want to go back there. We'll just pretend to go back there. Let's go back. We'll Let's pretend go back. to go back just for a second. It's crazy that you're about to start your 18th or 19th year on tour. It is crazy, right? I mean, full season on the WTA. Your results just keep getting better and better. You are a very fine, expensive wine, Barbara Streetseva. <laughs> You really are. You really, yeah. really are. That's why I'm having my glass in your honor tonight. I'm definitely. I mean, I, oh, thank it's you. It's a Barbara Bordeaux. That's it's an original. So. Oh. oh man, Barbara, you played eight doubles events in 2020. You won four of them. I think your... I won five. Really? You tell. I mean, yeah, I won Dubai, Doha, yes, Bir uh, Brisbane, um, Brisbane, Rome. Uh, Rome. You're right. I mean, four. <laughs> You're so greedy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I, you know, hey, but this is going to be some foreshadowing of how you're going to do in the game. I really like this. It's fun today. <laughs> you became only the second team ever to win the Desert Double, which is Dubai and Doha. And on top of that, you made your first Australian Open final. You had some great wins as well. Let's not forget about that. You beat players like Anisimova and Martic and Joanna Kanta. Looking back on your 2020 season, I know it was a crazy year with COVID. COVID aside, were you happy with your season overall? Oh my God, so happy. Okay. I mean, we had a great season with Suwe. We, like you said, we won four tournaments and also we had really good um, uh, form to play, well, to qualify for me for Olympics, you know, and then that happened, this stupid COVID and this. So it didn't happen, but it was the best season maybe I ever played. It was. With Suwe, because we won so many matches in a row and it didn't start from Austrian Open. It started on Shenz in Shenzhen because we were already there in the finals, you know, and to continue to have this form for such a long time, this is really something uh, very good. It's special. It's really remarkable. I can't mm -hmm. wait. We're going to talk about doubles in a minute. You end your season in Ostrava with one of my very favorite doubles points of the year. For everyone listening, oh. if you haven't watched, this is a quintessential Barbara point where in the middle of a rally, she falls onto a changeover chair 
You get back up, you hit a killer lob. I mean, if you haven't seen this point, just YouTube it. It is amazing. It's against Gabby Dabrowski and Louisa Gwen Stefani. So you have to, it's so much fun. You have to watch that point. It's but really do fun. you do you know that the ball was out, the lob? I didn't know the ball was out. No, but if- Yeah, I didn't know that either. And I'm like, why are you telling me this now? Oh. I would fight even more. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd won the point, that would have been like what you put on your LinkedIn or like on your resume. Yeah, it would be this change moment that we could win the match, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to have a good uh, off season? Did you have some downtime? Um, well, it was strange because uh, you kind of like, we didn't know what, if we're going to start or not. I had to be always in a move. I couldn't say like, hey, I can't do anything for four weeks. So I was not playing tennis for kind of like more than four weeks, but I was moving. I was doing workouts. I was doing a little bit different kind of also running. And so I had to... Uh, downtime a little bit but uh, what I like that I was spending very quality time with the people I love and this was the first time I could also spend with them um, New Year's Eve and it was nice even though I was home alone with my boyfriend but because of COVID but I was at home you know this was very good yeah it makes a big difference yeah. absolutely yeah. don't get too used to it you still have 10 years left don't even think about it okay don't <laughs> all right don't even think about it all right so I'm glad you got to de-stress but then you get to Melbourne and things don't go exactly how it, you planned it. Okay, so let's go back in our time machine. Let's go back to 2021. And here's the latest news, everyone. So Barbara found out when arriving to Melbourne that a passenger aboard her chartered flight had tested positive for COVID. Thus, per government regulations, she's been in self-isolation for 13 days now. Some players posted criticism on social media, but Barbara came out and said, hey, we knew what we were risking. It sucks, but it is what it is. You drew a lot of praise from the Australian media for your appearance on some local TV shows. So thanks for keeping everyone in line, Barbara Streetseva. You're you're like the mayor of Tennis Town, you know? Well, no, I just want, because I love this country and I love these people and I always had a great memory since I won twice in junior. So I just wanted to also, I want them to understand that we are not a stupid athlete who just come here and be performing and like, I, I don't care about anything. No, no, no. This is totally different situation, different scenario, like that the people don't care about us. You yeah. know, we, we have to follow the rules of Australians, of the what the rules they have about the health and the safety. So I think we, they have to also see this and that maybe after this, we, we will have some positive comments because it was rough at the beginning. It was rough. They don't like us at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to show them that we are all not like thinking straightforward. Yeah. How are you feeling health-wise? I know that it was a very scary situation that it potentially was for you coming over to Melbourne, especially after you heard that. Are you feeling good? I'm feeling fine. I'm just missing the fresh air because we can't open our windows and we can't really open the doors so just for food. So I had some days where I was not feeling so good, but uh, overall, most of the days I have my routine workouts, dancing and blah, blah, blah. So I'm feeling fine. Well, mentally, I know you're good. You're ready for that, Jack. It's done, you know, and some hugs, maybe <laughs> a hug from Putin Seva. <laughs> You know? Oh my God, Putin Seva is the main person now. Yeah, I will have We want her. this moment. This is going to happen. All right, good. Oh man. Um, what's been keeping you sane this week, Barbara? I saw you put out a new episode of your podcast, You Baru, which we're going to talk about in a bit. You had Siniakova and Krejcikova on the show. Nice that you're keeping each other busy in hard quarantine. 
Yeah, I, I have to keep myself busy. Otherwise, I go really, really crazy. The first week was pretty easy because of the jet lag. You know, you ha- kind of like have to get used to all the things. And then I have my routine, wake up, two coffees, you know, everything taking well, like slowly. Don't rush to anything, you know, then workout for one hour and a half and lunch, you know, talk with friends and then another workout. And then it's already dinner kind of, you know, so I was drinking two coffees for like two hours. So. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm a two coffee. I'm today. I did three. I was excited for today. I was like, I love coffee. Do you love coffee? I'm like, I love coffee. I love me too, coffee. Me too. I'm just a coffee guy. Do you like the bitter one or the acid one? I like the bitter. I one. like bitter. I'm into the bitter. Me All too. Right. We're twins. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's you're almost out of the hotel party day, so you're gonna get coffee. That's why I'll send you some coffee. Yeah, right. and in Melbourne, coffee is the like first thing. <laughs> You've traditionally played very well in Australia, Barbara, especially in doubles. The past few years, you've had some great results in Melbourne. In 2018, you made the quarterfinals. 2019, you made the semifinals. 2020, you made the finals. 2021, maybe the tennis gods are saying this is your year. Who knows? This could be it. Oh, I mean, if it would happen, like I would be the most happy person. Then I would maybe like say bye for two months. No, No. I'm not saying bye forever. I'm like, no, I will just have some gin and tonic and Jack Daniels. Yeah. We're not Flavia Panetti anytime soon. We're not doing that. We're not just saying, boop, mic drop. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> no, don't worry. I would I will let you know in advance, okay? <laughs> I want the Chris every one year goodbye. I want everyone to know so they can go watch you and say and watch every match and just savor the B. You know? <laughs> Save hashtag. Let's savor the B. There we go. There's your hashtag. Savor the B. All right. You're playing doubles with a big fan favorite. We've seen her on Instagram this week. Uh, Sue has been practicing on the courts in Melbourne with her practice partner, Kaya Kanepi. Has she been texting you and giving you updates? A little bit. Uh, she's not a person for text. Okay. So <laughs> I love her sense of humor. Yeah, she is so, so nice. I mean, so special. And I love her. I, I love, man. I, protect Sue at all costs. I love her. Will you be playing mix this year? I will. I will be playing with Nikola Mekic. He asked me uh, in December if I want to play. And I said, yeah, why not? I mean, he won it last year here or maybe finals with Krejcikova, actually. I know. She's so. playing with Rajiv Ram. Rajiv was just on the show this this past week too. So yeah, he, oh, Jeep is very cool. cool. He's a great guy. So I can't wait. This is going to be fun. I can't wait till you get out of there. Yeah. Jan, are, are you still awake, Jan? Are you good? Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Jan, question. I know you're a big tennis fan. Yeah. I, I like to ask this question to everybody. Do you remember the first tennis match you watched live or do you remember the first match you watched on television? Actually, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, uh, because I'm from Prague and we used to have the, the WTA tournament before it was in the in the current uh, location. It was before in, what was, the, what was the name of it's the... the, the Stranice, the oldest club in... in yeah. Stranice, yeah, yeah, Stranice. There is a beautiful, beautiful uh, arena. So me and my parents went there. It was 2008, so I was 14. Barbara and I were 14 too, in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember it was the first round and it was Azarenka against Petra Kvitova. Wow, what a great first match to watch. Exactly, yeah. Jan, you sent me a photo that you took with Barbara years ago. I would love to show you this photo, Barbara. I'll show you afterwards, but you look very young. Where was that photo taken? Uh, It was in Prague. Uh, during the during the WTA tournament. When did you become a big Barbara fan? What was it about her game that that made you love her so much? What's the impression? Oh, 
Well, it was both the game and the personality and everything because, you know, she's one of the players that have like an overall game. They are not afraid to go to the net and it's like not predictable, I would say. You're just not at the baseline hitting hard. So like it's much more enjoyable to watch. So that was that was a, a big thing. And of course, her personality, like on and off court, like being her really authentic self. Thank she's just so enjoying much. herself and like <laughs> not afraid to, you know, do do you like I mean, come on. We we all love you. Yeah, yeah. What you see is what you get with Barbara Streetseva. And I'm exactly. Yeah. This and we hear it today. This is it. This is exactly what we expected and more. So I love it. I know you'll be cheering extra hard. You're you're in her fan box now. You'll be, you know, Definitely after these two weeks, you you'll are. be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Extra motivation. But before we get in her fan box, I think it's time for a game. I'd love to play a game called I 40 Love You. It'll be Jan versus Barbara in a fan versus favorite trivia match showdown all about Barbara's career and life. Oh, wow. Jan, I'm going to ask you two questions about Barbara's career. Ooh. And then Barbara, I'm going to ask you two questions about the life and times of Barbara Streetseva. Okay. If we happen to end up in a 2-2 tie, I'm going to give Jan the opportunity right now to be today's champ, but only if he can survive this first question. Otherwise, the tie break over goes to Streetsova. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> this game is called True or False. This will be your first test to see if you're a true member of Barbara's future player box. So Jan, good luck to you. Jan, I'm going to give you three statements about Barbara. If the statement is true, just say skutechny. If the statement is not skutechny. I got this. Wait, let me try this again. I got this. If the statement is true, just say skutechny. If the statement is not true, just say not skutechny. There we go. Yeah. Please firmly say false in your best Wimbledon lines person's <laughs> voice as well. You'll need two out of three of these, correct. Okay, here we go. Jan, true or false, Barbara's new podcast, You Baru, is not just a tennis show. It features Barbara chatting with a wide array of interesting stories and guests that range from actors to Olympians to famous hockey players. She's even featured interviews with some fellow WTA colleagues. So true or false? In addition to this week's show featuring Siniakova and Krajcikova, Barbara has featured WTA stars Petra Kvitova and Belinda Bencic on her show. Is that true or false? <laughs> yes, correct. Barbara, congrats on the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was researching podcasts for this show and I came across yours and I got very excited. I know I don't speak Czech, but I try and listen and support for sure. I definitely do. Thanks. Thank you. I'm starting to learn Czech. How do you say podcast in Czech? Podcast. <laughs> See? <laughs> One interview and I speak Czech. Look at this. That's, I'm you fantastic, are so everyone. Very talented. Oh, man. <laughs> Baru, uh, what was your maybe out of all the people you had at the podcast, which one what was the most enjoyable interview? Everyone was very, very different, but I really enjoyed the one with Jager because I wanted to see his view of, because he's kind of like old already to to perform and no I don't want to I don't want to say it in a bad way but you know what I mean and I wanted to see his view on why is he still doing it why is he still practicing so I wanted to go really deep in it and it showed me that 
he loves that sport and he loves to give back still and he still believe in himself that he can still give back so this was really interesting for me and also i like the one uh, it was very mentally kind of like we we were talking very deep about thoughts and this evis farna she is a singer she is a czech and polish singer so this one was also very very good for me it's so interesting how you pick your guests how do you choose them what is your method behind picking these great guests Well, I'm just thinking what I would like to know why they are good at what they do and I just I don't know, it's just my feeling. I go with the flow. <laughs> kind of. No, it's great. The show shows off who you are as a person, not just what you do for a living. I think it's really great. Exactly. It's really yeah, yeah, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking your next project, you create a podcast in Czech and English though, and we can talk about your life on tour. That's what I'd really like cuz I'd listen to that every day. Yeah. I think you make it like a book on tape or something with different stories. Well, you have to give me still some advices because I mean you're doing it unbelievably. So I need some advice. Oh wow. <laughs> well, I want I want to hear like different people. I you know, occasionally players come on, maybe like Maria Sharapova and you can talk about why she was so jealous of you in the juniors and we can just like <laughs> have like a whole conversation. Did you read that passage in the book by the way? Oh yeah, because I I read the whole book in December when I was running every every day 10k. So I was like, okay, let's let's listen to a book and then I choose her book. And then I'm like, what? Philip Bechner? Oh my god, she had a crush on him. I'm like, yeah, I didn't know. So I was like, oh my god. This <laughs> is so great. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, Housewives of the WTA. I love yeah. it. It's like a love triangle. You had no idea. No, I had no idea. Of course, they uh, some some people sent me the page before, so I knew that it will come. But I didn't know that she had a crush on him. Kind of like this was a guy who everybody had crush on him. I don't understand. For those that <laughs> for those that didn't read the book, Barbara beats Sharapova <laughs> at Junior Wimbledon, and then Sharapova writes in the book that she was in love with Barbara's boyfriend, Philip Petschner, who was also a tennis player at the time. So go read the passage. It was a it's a good book. You know, it's good for her. I'm also reading. I have two books by the way that I need help with because I have Petkovic's book but it's in German so the English version's coming I hear but also I have Sibokova's book so I need some help it's in Slovak so I need some help translating have you read her book I haven't I I have it just because I would like to read it one day and just like translate it because I hear it's kind of juicy. I know she talks a little bit about Oh, it's just in Slovak. Oh, okay. I thought it's also already in English. I heard it's kind of juicy. She is very juicy. <laughs> <laughs> But Bara, uh, in regards to what John said, like about the bi- autobiography, like you have to do it. I know. I know. Yeah, I mean it, because I think if you write a book, you have to go all in with everything. Otherwise it has no point to to write a book. I mean, how can I write? Okay, I was exercising this, I was practicing that it's boring. So, I have so much stuff in my life what happened where I don't feel confident to go. I'm not confident. I just don't want people to know because it's my secret and maybe it's a great secret, but I just it's mine and I don't want to share it, you know? So I am not at this point for the book. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Who knows? When you retire, we're going to wait for this Barbara Streets of autobiography. I cannot wait. It's um what is our hashtag tonight? What does it say? Saver B. Saver the B. Saver the B. Saver the B is the name of the book. Okay. All right, Jan, question number two. True or false? Barbara loves fashion and has inspired some great tennis looks over the years. And just last year, Barbara released her first off-court clothing line called Barbie Fun. Is that true or false? Mm, I would say false. 
You have to say it in a Wimbledon lines person's vote. There we go. I love that. There we go. The dedication. Is that true, Barbara? Is that true or false? It's false. He's right. He's right. You don't have your own clothing line yet, but yeah, I. Yeah. Do you think I should do it? Do you think I should do it? I think definitely you should do it. I mean, come on, of course. Yeah, because I was thinking about it already many times, and I'm like, maybe not. Maybe nobody would like it because I love fashion and I love to be in fashion. You know, my boyfriend is there, and I'm like, I really like it. But maybe I will do it. Some some tracksuits you will do it i think we figure it out you you have this second instagram account this amazing account for those that are into fashion you can follow barbara's at barbie girl account <laughs> fashion is such a great expression of creativity and you're you're the epitome of craft and creativity on the court so it makes perfect sense you know this is good you've had some great on-court fashion over the years can you think back to something you've worn that you really really love yeah, I love the Sergio Tacchini clothes uh, when they create the um, Barbie, you know, to, uh, what was it, 80 years of Barbie. So they create a um, kit for me for Indian Wells and they also create a Barbie like me with the kit on. The kit on. So it is, wow. was really, really, yeah, 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 I have the Barbie at home. So this was very special, I have to say. And uh, then I also really enjoy playing in this dress right now, what I have from the designer Jan Czerny. <laughs> How would you describe yourself off-court? What's your off-court fashion? Um, I don't like I don't like to have Gucci here or whatsoever, like these brands. I don't want I, I hate that kind of. So I'm a minimalist. I would say, but on the other hand, I would like that some like earring pops up or a big ring, you know, or a scarf, you know, something that you will be like, oh, that's nice. Or maybe, oh, that's stupid. Oh, that's crazy. And then I like that, you know, that someone will stop and say, this is weird. And I like it because it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who appreciates fashion, Barbara, who else on tour would you say has really great style? I think Andra Petkovic has a great style. Absolutely. Very unique. And I love style of Maria Sharapova. It's like one of one of my favorite. Her Instagram is really great. It is really great. I love her oh, Instagram. She has a great Instagram. Yeah. Andra is very rock and roll chic though. She's bohemian. She's like, she's great. Okay, here we go. Last question, Jan. True or false? Barbara enters the 2021 season with having won 31 WTA titles, nine titles with partner Sue Shea to form the best doubles team in the world. But true or false, Barbara has won WTA doubles titles with five different partners from the Czech Republic in her career. Is that true or false? Okay, so let's. You said five, right? Five. So it was for sure Iveta Beneshova. Definitely. Oh, God. Barbara, did you play with God? God? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. So five. I would say it's true. Barbara, do you know the answer to that? No. You do? But I think it's true. <laughs> it's true. Good job. Oh, yay. Yeah. But tell me the name. So it's uh, Beneshova, Vorachova. Beneshova, Vorachova, Pliskova in Birmingham. And the fifth? Havlachakova. Havlachakova. Oh, my God. Yeah. In China and Connecticut. Everywhere, yeah. And I mean, I like to say Kukolova because it's always fun to say Kukolova. I thought, uh, I thought. That's why I said okay. I don't know this answer because I wasn't sure about Kukolova. I can, in Huturgenbosch. I can say Huturgenbosch, but it's hard to say Kukolova, which is weird. I don't know. But anyway. Because you are saying it wrong. Yeah. Kukolova. Oh. There, there we go. <laughs> I know. I can mispronounce Czech names all day with you guys. This is great. I will say doubles in the Czech Republic is as famous as Russian gymnastics or Brazilian soccer or the Real Housewives in the United States. 
It is like crazy how good you guys are at doubles. You had Martina and Jana and Helena Sukova. And then you had both Lucy's, Andrea, Kaveta Peshki, Siniakova, Krejcikova, you. I mean, come on. I can keep going, but I'll keep mispronouncing all these names with two Czech people on this call. So I'll stop. What makes Czech doubles so good, Barbara? That's a great question. I, I think the secret is that we played doubles since we were small. We were not just practicing singles, and but we were always playing doubles as well. So I think that that's the key because all of us, I, I remember also talking to Katarina or Vara, they, they were practicing doubles and not just practicing, we were playing doubles at the tournaments all the time because if I ask players now, let's say 15, 16 year old, I'm like, do you play doubles as well? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm like, no, we were playing every time, like where we can, we play doubles. So I think that was the key because doubles also gives you so much into singles, you know? So I think that was the key. I agree. I'm, I'm going to just agree with everything you say today. So but don't you think that sometimes for uh, like people watching, it's very entertaining to, to watch doubles more than sometimes than singles, right? Yeah. I had such a fascinating conversation with Gabriela Dabrowski. Gabby Dabrowski, this past week, she's on the WTA Player Council. Obviously, she plays doubles exclusively. And she's working very hard to get doubles into the mainstream because doubles is so fun to watch. You know, yeah. the stadiums are packed. You know, it's a great sport that people love to watch. I mean, I go to tournaments all the time and people love watching you in Sue. It's like amazing. So, but yeah, I think the evolution of the sport has been fantastic, yeah. but we can go a little more. So I want everyone to know who you are <laughs> and, and everywhere in every country. So, all right, well done guys. Jan, you won the tiebreak, so well done. That'll help you in this. Well one. done! I'm surprised. <laughs> but here we go. Let's jump into the game now. Jan, here's your first question. It'll be a mix of WTA knowledge and of Barbara's early career. Oh, God. Here's your first question. Barbara was one of the most successful junior champions of all time, winning five majors. Ironically, her 2002 French Open junior doubles title stands out as an especially interesting final as Barbara and her partner, Annalena Gronenfeld, defeated now partner, Sue Shea, and this partner to win the title. Which current two-time Grand Slam singles champion, including the French Open, did Barbara defeat in that French Open junior final as well as in the first round of Wimbledon in 2018, 16 years later? Oh, wow. Okay. This person has two Grand Slams. Not a lot of people have two. Two, gr two singles Grand Slams? Two singles Grand Slams. Okay. That's not a lot of people. So I know it's four in the morning, but there's no excuse. Grab your coffee. Yeah. Maybe like. <laughs> we can give him a hint. What kind? What? what oh, grand Barbara. Slam? Come on. This is oh, a no. big competition. You need to That's focus. True. That's true. <laughs> you need to focus. Yeah. If you can't win this game, how are you going to win the Australian Open? Let's go. That's Come true. on. Warning time violation. Racket abuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. The only person who comes to my mind is Kuznetsova. I don't know. Are we? Is he right, Barbara? Yes. <laughs> He's right. Yes. Really? Yes! Oh my god! I'm well so done. Surprised that you knew. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's so amazing. 19 years later, both you, Sue, Sveta, all kicking ass and winning titles still in 2021. I love that players have extended their career. 35 is the new 25 for sure on the WTA tour. This is fantastic. I love it. But it's amazing that we are all in quarantine, no? <laughs> right now. <laughs> Sue's on the practice court with Kai Kanepe. She's dumping you if you don't hurry up and get out there. She already told but me. Me and Sveta in the hard one. Your junior career is legendary, Barbara. Can you tell us how you got your start in tennis? Your story is so interesting. Yes. 
easy easy well uh my sister started to play we were like living across the street of the tennis club but i was also figure skating as well as my sister so at age of 12 13 they were like okay you have to decide what you want to do and i didn't have to think one minute it was tennis so uh, my parents were playing a little bit so like my sister showed me how to hit a ball but then i beat her when i was like eight years old because she was so lazy it was incredible but <laughs> you know and then she got pissed because I, she got beaten she was 18 and I was like eight and she's like how can he beat me you know so <laughs> yeah because of my sister and my parents I love it uh, I you'd win everything <laughs> under the sun practically unbeatable in the juniors including that great win against Sharapova in 2002 then you'd win the title again in 2003 in Australia with the Australian Open right around the corner I want to try and resurrect that Aussie spirit and maybe win another title what were your first memories of that first trip to Melbourne all those years ago? Well, I was scared. I was very young. I was 15 and I was not experienced to travel the world and so far away from parents and family and home. So I was definitely, what I remember, shocked. But uh, this country, I, I, I fall in love with this country right away I came. Um, but the first memory was that we were playing a tournament before Australian Open. It was kind of like on a on a hill the club was it was so windy and Sveta was there I was playing against Sveta there and we were like I'm play it's, it's so windy and I just remember it like now she was there with her mom and since then since I was 15 I this country is just I feel like I I belong here kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's great that you're back. The reason so many fans love watching you is because you say what you feel and you're extremely expressive. And some people have a tough time expressing themselves. You do not. But sometimes it can hurt me, to be honest. Well, you know, we'll talk I about that in a second. But were you the same type of junior as well? Were you very expressive as a junior? Much more. <laughs> <laughs> I was crazy. I have to say, like, sometimes when I remember some, some matches, I lost just because I was going nuts. Like, really nuts. Okay. <laughs> so the question is, do emotions get in the way of playing good tennis? Or do you play good tennis because you're emotional? Good question. I mean, you have to, from my character, I have to be emotional. But the emotions has to be under control to play good tennis. So that's my answer. <laughs> it's it's a great answer. <laughs> You've spoken a lot about your transition from juniors to the pro tour. It wasn't easy for you. You've spoken on record about your struggle. You had to work very hard to get where you are today. You turned pro in 2003 and you qualified for your first Wimbledon that year. So all was good in the beginning. We're doing great. 2004, you have a breakout season. You finished at 56 in the world. Fantastic. Then a couple of years of struggle playing ITFs, trying to find your game. What were those early years like on tour for you? It was really tough because I think I I was winning everything in juniors and it was, everything was going very smoothly, easy, you know, and you get to used to like winning and then you start to play uh, on WTA tour and then suddenly nobody knows you so they don't know your game so you're kind of still winning and I'm like, hey, this is good, easy, this and that. And then the, the next year you, you kind of have to defend the points, you know, and the people start to know your game, they know how you move, how how you play, what's your, what's your tennis like and 
and suddenly you feel like there is one loss, there is second, third, fourth. And then I was not really mentally ready to face these challenges. And I thought everything will go smoothly as it was before. So it was a huge struggle. I, I was very down for a long time mentally and I wanted to finish also. I didn't want to continue this because I didn't feel well in my, in my skin, you know, and this and that. But then kind of like I was thinking about it a lot and I I took like two to three months off and I missed it and I was like this is the only thing I know and I want to do so I think these kind of things uh, makes you stronger and I went through it (laughs) for sure you talked about your mentality as a junior and the progress to today you've also mentioned that you've used a mental coach in training what has changed for you the most mentally after 18 years of playing tennis I think the most what change is that I don't react that quick on on bad emotions. They are there. I know they are there. And I know when it comes to the level where I like, I need to put it out. So, and I also learn how to control the emotions, what comes out, you know, sometimes like you, you want to scream, okay, I scream, but I scream to the towel. You want to throw a racket. So I just hold the racket tighter, you know? So these kind of tips and also a lot of breathing techniques helps me which I do a lot. So yeah, I I feel like on a mental strategy or like you have to work all the time, every single day. Meditation is also very good. Do you meditate? I started today. Oh, (laughs) okay. All right, we take it. (laughs) We'll talk about it. What's the advice that 34-year-old Barbara would give 16-year-old Barbara? Yeah. Work on your mental strength and work on your... It's the same like you hit a forehand cross. You have to work on your mental strength where you have problems or you are not patient enough or you you get uh, aggressive too fast. Or So this is, I think, the key I would tell them to work on because nobody is doing that. Not so many people are doing that. They think that they are strong yeah. enough, but then comes 5-4, serve it out, and everybody will shit their pants. So... <laughs> Exactly. I love that that's a Czech expression Sorry. too. That's great. How do you say that in Czech? <laughs> the next thing I'm going to learn. There we go. Oh my gosh. You know what else? That's great, honestly. And you know what else is great? Your Fed Cup debut back in 2002 as a teenager against Team Canada. You won your first Fed Cup match, 11-1, beating a player that was way older than you, 10 years older than you. Right. Oh, you remember Maureen Drake. Yeah. It would set up a dynasty that would go on to win six Fed Cup titles after that. So, Barbara, your first question is about Fed Cup. You ready? I am. Barbara, you'd go on to be a part of six Fed Cup championships in your career. And in 2015, you would play in your first Fed Cup final, partnering with Karolina Pliskova in the deciding fifth batch doubles rubber against a Maria Sharapova-led Russian team. It was a crazy match with the Czech team ultimately winning and defending their title. But Barbara, for this first point, I'll be testing your memory. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but hopefully you can remember this. Can you remember the exact scoreline of that final doubles match against Team Russia? I mean, you will. I thought you were asking the name. So it was against Pavlushenkova Vesnina. I remember that yes. I was serving it out. We had 40-30 and I think it was third set. Uh, let me think. I think it was 3-6, 6-4, So close. Oh, I want to give it to you. It's so close. It's not. It's 4-6, 6-3, 6-2. There you go. Done. Wow. At least you had a sense of what the match was. 
it's so interesting sometimes that players block that out. Some players can think of it. Andre Agassi can remember matches, score matches from when he was a junior. I can't remember anything. So well done to you for that. Fed Cup was a very important part of your career. Is it really as fun as it looks? Good question. (laughs) You have always good questions. I mean, most of the time it is fun, but it's so much, so much. You cannot cannot even grab it so much pressure that um, it is hard. It is hard. I mean, I think our strengths in our team is that, okay, everybody will talk. Yeah, yeah, this is girls. We can, we hate each other whatsoever. But at this point, like every time when we were playing Fed Cup until now, we knew how to get together. We knew how to be a team for the week and we knew how to bring the points in the locker room. So, and that, that's, I think, what uh, brings us these six titles. And most of the time we had a great people around us and a lot of people who care about our time there, about food, about uh, this accommodation, about entertainment. And it is fun, but it's so much pressure. Oh yeah, most of the time, she said, not all of the time. That's going to be in the book. So stay tuned for that one for everyone. Oh man. Because of the pressure, I mean, pressure all the time is not fun, you know? <laughs> in probably one of your best matches of your career in Fed Cup. It was the 2018 Fed Cup final in front of your home crowd in Prague. You came from a set down to beat Sofia Kennan and help put another trophy on the shelf in Prague. Do you remember that match? You're thinking about it. I see you. What did that match mean to you? Everything. Yeah. I think it... Um... Uh, this match, there is everything what I experienced during this all years in Fed Cup in that match because I had a, a conversation with my coach before that match and we were talking not especially about the match but about what I achieved in this team and how much I won and how many matches I won and and then I cried. I cried so much. Uh, and I was like, how can I play? Because I'm so crying. And then I have to go on court with the team and listen to our anthem. And how can I perform now? And he goes like, I don't know how, but you will. And then he goes like, hey, I'll leave you alone now. And then he left. And I was like, I cannot. I cannot do this. I cannot go out. <laughs> And then I was crying and everybody saw me crying and then they were screaming our name. So we go on and then I hear the anthem and then I cry again. And I took my, took our captain and told him, hey, I am shaking. I cannot really perform. And he goes like, but what's the crying? What is when you're thinking about it? What because is because I will that I was like, because everybody knew it for a day. I knew it for a long time that I want to be this is going to be the last last Fed Cup. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to miss this atmosphere. I'm going to miss these people who are cheering for us. I will miss it. But it was so great journey that it just gives me these emotions. And my mom was there. My dad, they were crying. And I'm like, OK, but I'm going to perform and I will play my best. And I lost the first set. Yeah. Um. But I was like, I don't, I will never give up in this match for a second, not even in my thought, nothing. And after that match, I won. I remember the the match point. I was serving T uh, on advantage and I was going to the net playing a volley, really tough volley. And she couldn't, Sophia couldn't catch it. And I'm like, please don't catch it. I cannot move anymore. Mike, I was cramping. Like, I was like, I, and then I won that match. It was the best feeling ever. Ever. I mean, just talking about it, I was nearly crying again. <laughs> you announced it would be your last Fed Cup match, but 
you know, you won the title and you don't, don't Flavia Panetta. We already talked about that. Maybe there's a new <laughs> format. The Billie Jean King new format sounds really amazing from a fan perspective. It's going to be held in April in Budapest, 12 teams competing. It sounds like it'll be really fun. Maybe the change will. Yeah, I hope it's going to happen. But we're um, done. You're finished. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I don't want to say no. I don't want to say yes. Like, okay. first of all, we don't know if it's happening. And second of all, I true. don't know. That's true. All right. <laughs> so Barbara can be swayed. We just have to figure out how, but we'll figure it out by the end of the show. <laughs> I'm betting, Barbara, that the Czech team celebrates very well their Fed Cup victories. We had Coco Vandeweghe on the show, and she talked about how she was the ringleader of fun for Team USA when they won their Fed Cup in Belarus. She made everyone stay up all night drinking champagne in Belarus. It sounded like a really fun party. Yeah, guess who is in my team? So. That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing, <laughs> please tell me you had Petra Kvitova doing tequila shots and you were holding her hair as she was puking all night. I'm picturing this. Was that happening, please? <laughs> nearly, okay. nearly. Not exactly, but nearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you are right. I am the one who is uh, drinking a lot, who is partying. I mean, you have to party if you win a Fed Cup. And so you have to go for it and you have to party the same way that you were playing, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> who else on the Fed Cup team in, in the Czech Republic is partying with you? Give me somebody that you're going to go out to a bar with. I mean, everybody's partying, but like they, they don't last. They don't last, you know? I last. Okay. All right. <laughs> It's the Jack. It's the Jack. I mean, Barbara. Captain, That's what captain it is. is good. Captain. It's the captain yeah. for sure. Then. Oh, man. <laughs> You're no stranger to playing for your country. I'm guessing an important highlight of 2021 will be potentially playing again and winning a medal in Tokyo. In 2016, you won a bronze medal playing with Lucy Safarova. You see the draw in Rio. And I think I heard you scream all the way from Europe because in the first round, you had to play the two-time defending gold medalist and number one seeds, Venus and Serena Williams. What went through your head when you saw that draw? Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't. <laughs> well, uh, there was also something behind it. Lucy was not feeling well a couple of days before we were playing the match. And I was like, oh, my God, do we even play the match? And she goes like, no, we have to play it. I mean, even though we got six love, six love, we have to play. And I'm like, OK, then we go. And then before the match, like two hours before, she was not really great, but she was able to hit balls. And this, I was like, hey, it's going to be really tough. But then we stepped on the court and there was so many athletes from our our house from different sports cheering for us and the whole crowd were like so electric that they gave us some different energy that we were playing like out of our minds you know Lucy was striking the ball and she kind of like oh my god I see the ball like a football ball like it's crazy it's like if nothing happened I was like yeah that's good we just won the match and we were like we couldn't believe it the journey started from there. You beat Venus and Serena in straight sets. It carried you all the way to the final four. What a great run. Congratulations. Where does an Olympic medal in Tokyo rank in terms of tennis goals for you? Um, Olympic, just not even a medal, but Olympic Games is kind of, for me, same as Grand Slams. Not for so, not so, like, it's not, for tennis players, it's not maybe sometimes, like, that important. But for me, Olympics are really high at my ranking of getting the medal there and experience even being at Olympics in Athens when I was 16, 2004, and then playing Rio, you know, so... This is really on a high, 
high, how you say, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I completely, I'm excited for you. I, have you thought about who you want to play with? I, I know you don't probably have a lot of say, I mean, I'm sure you have some say, but, um, you know, there is, yeah, there is a lot of players I can play with. Like you said, at the beginning of this interview, there is Vondroshova. I was playing semifinal here in Australia. There is Karolina Pliskova. We won Birmingham and we played already matches in Fed Cup. We won very tough one. So there is a many players I could play with and we can play good together. So I was not really thinking about it. I, first of all, I need to qualify there. I, first of all, I, it has to happen, you know. You're the number two doubles player in the world. It's happening. So congratulations. I hopefully, if it happens, you're going to be there. So I hope your dream comes true in Tokyo. Tokyo, I think Tokyo will be great Olympics. It's going to be a great Olympics. Everyone's so excited, right? Yeah. All right, Jan, this is your last question. It's a good one. It's how we fell in love with Barbara for the first time. Let's talk about her singles. Oh. <laughs> All right, here we go. Barbara would amass nine ITFs and two WTA singles titles in her career. But her biggest event to date would be her dream run all the way to the semifinals at the 2019 Wimbledon Championships, where she would not only go on to win the doubles title, but also attain the number one ranking. Those two weeks are as near perfect as you can get. So in honor of your great success on your favorite surface, here's a Wimbledon question. Jan, in her 12th Wimbledon appearance in 2014, Barbara would go on to make her first quarterfinal by defeating then world number two and the winner of that year's Australian Open in the third round. Ironically, it would be her last Wimbledon as she would end up retiring in September of that year. Which player did Barbara defeat at the 2014 Wimbledon to give her her first victory over a world number two? He seems excited. He knows this one. All right. What's the answer? Uh, Lena. Is he correct? Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> He's Lena. What a great player. We miss Lena. She, another... I miss Lena. Such a great player. Yeah. Her interviews were the best, right? The best interviews. Can we talk about your first singles title in 2011? Yeah, Quebec. You win your first singles title in the indoor carpet in Quebec City. You've been playing for several years on tour. And at that point, you'd already won 14 WTA doubles titles. So I can imagine how good it felt to finally hold up that singles trophy. <laughs> how amazing was that match point? Do you remember that week in Quebec City? Oh, yeah, I remember. I was there alone because I was struggling with everything before that. And at the US Open, I told my coach, hey, go home. I will go alone because I can't stand anything around me. So I just want to experience the, the time with myself and this and that. So I didn't really thought like I'm going to play good tennis. I just will go there, enjoy myself. And because Quebec is a beautiful city. So I was like, okay, I will go around, see some places and this and that. So I was playing and I was feeling like, well, and playing great tennis. I was playing a lot from the net and feeling good. And I was playing the finals against Erakovic mm -hmm. and uh, playing the match point. Of, it was something like, also I, it was bittersweet because I was there alone and I couldn't really celebrate it with nobody. I couldn't hug anyone you know so I was hugging the trophy and I was in my room at eight o'clock in the evening and I was eating a cake and I'm like yeah that's great you know <laughs> but I mean hey it was my first title and it's, yeah. it was special it was very special. I hope it was a good, what kind of cake was it? Chocolate cake, a lot of chocolate, strawberries everywhere, but it was a good cake. I bet I was preferred like some drink. <laughs> the, the people will think that I'm drinking all the time. <laughs> no, people think you're fun all the time. There's a big difference between that. There's a big exactly. Difference. Did anything change for you confidence wise after that title? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I believed 
more in my game from the net. I believe that I could play, like Jan said, that I could play the variation of my game. I could play a lot from the net. So I believe that because everybody was telling me and I was like not really doing it. But from that point, I was like, okay, it's working. I mean, it's working, so I have to do it. So that was the the main thing. It's what changed. Your second title would come in 2017. And that year, you would also reach your career high singles rank of 16 in the world. We've already established that you were a very fine wine, Barbara Streetseva. And by 2017, you were already playing some of the best tennis of your career. You beat Caroline Wozniacki, Andre Petkovic, Garbine Muguruza, making another fourth round in Australia as well. Did the second title feel better knowing that you could do it again? Was it a different feeling? Yeah. No, it was the same feeling, the same feeling as I had before that... Also, like before the tournament, I knew that we're going to split with my coach. So I was like, okay, let's, I just wanted to make it like special, you know? So we were going there and I was focusing a lot. I was so much, I was really focused and it was just about playing, sleeping, recovery, playing, sleeping. And I was in my kind of zone. And I remember playing the finals against Rybarikova and uh, we were both fighting like hell. But she was having tape everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, you are having tape everywhere. How can you play and still fight like Her that? entire career, she had tape everywhere. The poor woman. Right. She retired too <laughs> early. That's It sucks oh when somebody God. as good as her has to retire early. I know. So, you know, she's a great- Such a great human being. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I won, won it again and it was so much like, okay, there is just not just like one. I can- prove to people that I could do it again, you know, even though it was a little bit late. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Better late than never. Okay. That's what they say, yeah. you know? Right? Look at, yeah. Look at you now. Exactly. All right, let's go back in our time machine. Everyone get in your time machine. We're going to go back to a year we did like as a human race. It was 2019. Your semifinal Wimbledon run is one of my very favorite semifinal runs <laughs> of the past decade. I love when a veteran like you and Stoser and Panetta and Schiavone can really break through and show what you can do on a big stage. It might be a silly question, but looking back, what would you say was the biggest factor in making that semifinal run? What was it about that two weeks that really made that incredible run happen? I think I transformed myself in my head to a totally different level of being, of loving myself and of understanding that I had doubts, I was scared, but it was just there and I was not focusing on it. It was just there with me. And I, I think the main thing was that every time I stepped on the court, I was really looking forward for the battle, for the fight, for it's going to hurt, but it's going to be great. And every time I was on the court, I was enjoying it. And I could handle this and I could hold this thinking and feeling for this to maybe three weeks it was. So uh, that was, I think, the main thing that I was, that's why I was playing that that well. Yeah, what a great run. I would imagine when the tournament was over, you had a moment to reflect on what a big event that was for you. A center court semifinal match with Serena Williams, a Wimbledon doubles title, number one in the world. There was a lot going on. When did you get a chance to kind of sit and think about what you had just accomplished? Yeah, we finished the finals around nine and then we went to the ball and we, we came back home around three o'clock and the next day seven, we had a flight. So after I came home a couple of days, I was exhausted. I was empty. I was crying and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying, but I do. So they're like, you're tired. And and then I had a couple of days off when we went uh, outside of Prague for a cottage. And there I was walking in the forest and I was crying again, but I knew why. 
that what I achieved, this was my goal, you know, so many things happened during just three weeks. And I realized that it's really happening. It's not just a dream. <laughs> my dream now is tonight when I go to bed, it's going to be Barbara Streetseva walking out of her Prague cottage and just crying in a forest. I love this moment. I love this visual that you just gave me. Yeah, you would give me a hug, How, right? I'm going to give you a hug. Me and Yulia are going to be waiting in your dream. Yes, hug people. We're going to hug you. I was doing research online for our chat and I came across one of those trashy online articles. And they had these photos of you celebrating in Prague at a cafe afterwards. And you were in your bra and it was like yeah, and a... smiling. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember that being in the Czech media. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so it was yeah, everywhere. It was, yeah. yeah. It was great. It was like a party that you want to go to, right? Of course. You would enjoy it so much, you cannot believe it. Such an amazing story. We haven't had another Wimbledon though. So you're still the defending Wimbledon doubles champion. You know that. It's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's great. Don't forget that. All right, before we move on to the next question, I really couldn't move on until we talked about something that your fans really love. Let's talk about some of your iconic viral tennis moments that you've had over the years. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but tennis fans love when Barbara's bee stinger comes out in a match and has something to say. So Barbara, I asked Jan prior to the show to write down his favorite on-court Barbara moments and if you both match, I'm going to give you each a point, an extra point, okay? All right. So out of these four memorable moments, which do you think was Jan's favorite? Was it A, the hand squeeze against Putenseva? Was it B, Barbara teaches Fidelina how to handshake in Tokyo? Was it C, Barbara takes a seat during a 10-minute mixed doubles argument in Australia? Or was it D, the ball touches Lucy Herdeshka's hair during the U.S. Open semifinal? Which of those, you can't really go wrong here. So is it the hand squeeze heard round the world against Putinseva in Australia or any of the other great ones? What do you think, Barbara? I think it's the Putinseva. Was that a good moment? All right, Jan, what did you write down? What is your moment? Well, when you asked me this question, I told you, like, they they were all great. So, like, I, it was so hard for me to choose the best one. But I chose... Svetolina! Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can we talk about it? You can't see, honestly, you would have no idea it's Fidelina. Have you seen this gif? It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago, but it is. <laughs> we send this gif around all the time. It is like you go to the net. Please YouTube this moment, everyone, if you have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's the match ends. Barbara goes to the net. And I think Alina gives you like a limp wrist <laughs> yeah. handshake. And you say, you know what? Let me teach you how to handshake. And you say, nope, this is how you handshake. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, that was exactly how it was. I mean, and she won that match and gave me this kind of handshake. And I don't like handshake like that. So I just wanted to show her how to handshake. Oh, man. <laughs> Could I just ask like a little question? What interested me like with, with the match of the doubles in on the US Open? Because like you were four Czech players and, you know, it was something that you said yourself. She had to felt her touching that that hair. So did you did you talk about it with each other? What was the what was after that? Well, after that, we definitely were not talking about it because we were yeah. all that. I mean, we were we with Lucy were really pissed about it because yeah, I saw it. Lucy saw it, and I knew 
because I, I was fighting because I knew Lucy is not really a person who would argue or who would be pissed off and this and that. And at the locker room, she told me, I'm so pissed. I, I cannot really handle this. So I'm like, yeah, I know because this is so unfair. And at that point during during that match, and I was like, we all saw it. You felt it. We can see it uh, at the on the screen. And how can you not say it, it? It didn't touch, you know. So I guess like after a couple of months and days, and you know, not really talking about it. Uh, I realized like maybe it was during this match that they really didn't want to just give it to us or just say, hey, let's replay the point whatsoever. But at this moment, well, to be honest, I never talk about it with Lucy Hradecka. So never. Okay. And I, I guess Lucy Safarova was not talking about it with her either. So we were not really okay. ever talking about it. I guess maybe we should. <laughs> maybe. Let's have therapy. That's going to be your new podcast. You're going to make amends. With- <laughs> well, I'm not sure if this is end up well. I don't think so. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's an interesting point though from, you know, I'd love to talk to you about this for one second, you know, but you have even these moments, like even at the French Open this year, we had Laura Sigamund on the show who was absolutely lovely. And she had this big double bounce controversy at the French Open against Mladenovic. Yeah. And it was yeah. because honestly, she didn't realize it, you know? And obviously Christina said, you know, very well that it was two bounces. And Laura was like, you know, I had no, I'm in the heat of the moment. I'm playing a match. Not that I'm taking Lucy Herdechka's side in this, but you know, it, are there moments that you've had too as a player where it's just like, hey, I don't know. I really don't know like if that happened or not, or I don't know, you know, it's, you're so intense. Like you're so in the moment. Yeah, I understand. But the, of course you are in the moment, you are in the zone, you kind of don't realize or you are in the heat of the moment. But for example, this thing, what happened that I think we, she knew, she knew, but okay. like, you know, what can I that's say? It. Like, that's all you said. That's good. That's you know, it. sometimes you just, you just know. Yeah. Barbara, this is your last question. It's for you. <laughs> On July 15th, 2019, after winning your first Wimbledon title, you would become the 43rd woman in the open era to become the number one doubles player in the world. But my question is, do you know who the 42nd woman to become number one in the world was? I mean, I don't. I know some, but I don't know this 42. No, the 42nd. Who was right before you to become number one? Oh, I know. Oh, right before me was uh, Babosh. That's a good guess. Really good guess. Very close. It was Mladenovic. So what? it's okay. I thought she was before. Oh, okay. It's okay. Good job, though. You know, we talked about that emotional Wimbledon moment. Everything happened so fast. Again, we talked about the Wimbledon semifinal. You become number one, your first Wimbledon title. There was a lot processed. You know, there was a lot going on. And it was not a bad problem to have, obviously. I mean, it's it was all good things. <laughs> but what was that moment like when you saw number one next to your name? Well, it's, it's tough to describe it. I remember uh, again, like now, that after Wimbledon, we came home and I, I was checking the ranking right next to morning. <laughs> and because with my coach, we said, I told him like this, my goal is to become number one in the world in doubles. And he goes like, yeah, let's do it. And that happened. And then I took a screenshot of, of the ranking and sent it to him. And he called me and we were both crying. We were kind of like, you, you, I'm so proud of you. And I was proud about myself. So... This was some goal I wanted to always achieve and that happened and I was really proud about it. Congratulations. It's such an honor. Thank you. <laughs> so amazing. Let's finish up today with some doubles talk. You've known Sue since the juniors, which is so amazing. What makes you both so difficult to beat as a team? 
Well, we are very different players. She she likes to play from back and I want to play at the net. So I think we are also not scared of going at the net and playing like kind of variation, a lot of mix of balls like fast, slow and a lot of volley. So it's tough to beat us because we have let's say we are strong in our strength yeah can you say that sure yeah our uh, yeah our skills are very different but it works it works together <laughs> how do you typically pick your partners over the years we had gabby dabrowski on the show this weekend and she said she picks her partners based on how they make her feel emotionally which i found was was interesting totally the same i need to feel good with the with the person not just on the court but also outside of the court to feel the vibe we are having a good chat so we go for dinner you know to have it kind of like together and not to just meet on the court you know of course i don't see suway every day but i know about her what she's doing how she's feeling i know about it and i feel like if you want to win a grand slams it has to have a chemistry not just on the court, but also outside. Are you the more strategist in doubles or are you more the executioner? I think I'm more strategist. I think I am. But, um, and Sue is kind of more like she sees it a little bit like behind uh she feels like she knows where they're gonna play you know so she tells me this one we have to play this and that so i follow her advices a lot but i am the one who kind of like okay push it i love it you're one of the best <laughs> players in the past decade in your 20-year career almost you've played the absolute best teams in the world who do you feel in your career has been the strongest team that you've competed against I think Mladenovic Babos is really, really the one who who is so strong. This one and um, Peneta, um, what's her name? Dulko. Uh, yeah, Peneta Dulko. So good, right? It's a good good mixes. Uh, Mladenovic and Babos are challenging you as the number one team in the world. What yeah. makes them very difficult to play? Well, they are so powerful and they don't give you any time on your for your game. They don't give you any time to, yeah. to kind of like get into the game and to have some rhythm, not, not at all. So they are so powerful, both of them, so that you don't have time for anything. Maybe we'll have another rematch. But we had time once and that was the most important time. It was at Wimbledon. That was a very good time. <laughs> I, I have to say that it was the one of the best doubles I ever played. You just were feeling it. I mean, it was the you were in the zone. I mean, who was going to beat you? Yeah. Only Serena could have beaten you that entire two weeks. So, you know. <laughs> Well, that's that yes. was that was it. You're up to 31 doubles titles and counting. Aside from your Wimbledon title, is there a title that may be just a little more special than the others? You've won some big ones. You won Indian Wells. You've won Rome. You won the Desert Double. You your first doubles title in Warsaw. Yeah. Is there one that kind of pops out that was a very special title for you? Oh, uh, everyone is special on a different like way of. I, I mean, I have to say Wimbledon is very special. But before Wimbledon, we were playing with Suway in Birmingham and we won the final indoors. And I felt like we were like, oh, let's, should we play or not? I mean, it's indoors and then we have to play outdoors. And we were fighting with our thoughts all the time. And then we won it and we were fighting so hard and we won. So that was very special. I think it also led us to the spirit of like we were very strong, you know, so this was special. Very special, just like you. So <laughs> I hope you get everything you want. I hope you get out of your hotel very soon as well. So it's very soon. It's happening. That's the game, guys. So well done. Jan, you're the Thank you. You're the winner of this game. Congratulations. You win. And Fan the winner of the 2021 Wimbledon is Jan. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. Bra <laughs> bragging rights to the fans this week. So well done. We're going to end today with a question from one of Barbara's biggest fans. It's Jan. 
Jan, the question is yours. All right. Well, it's like a two-part question. What is next for you in the tennis world for you? What is left for you to achieve? What do you want to achieve? And because we know, sadly, that your career is coming to an end. Sadly, it's true. You said nine, ten years, nine, ten years. So in nine, ten years, what, <laughs> what what's next for you outside of no, tennis? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> what's left for me inside of tennis is that I want to uh, have a great performance at the Grand Slams. I want to perform well and I want to play good and try to ha ha have as many wins as I can because Grand Slams, is, that's why I play for and that's what brings me joy to play these kind of tournaments. So I want to perform and go far. I mean, second week of Grand Slam, it's always unbelievable. So I would like to achieve that again. And uh, when I finish my career, I would like to try to have a family because I would like to have kids and try to start doing that. And But I don't want to leave tennis uh, at all. I want to stay in tennis because last year I did a camp with kids and um, it was something what gives me so much energy that to see the kid happy and I was there with them for whole three days. It was something really I enjoyed and give them a lot of advices and, and how to, you know, how to play tennis, not only playing tennis, but it was something really I enjoy and I would like to do more and more and I would like to do it also with adults because I think it's very interesting and they would like it too because I did some research and <laughs> Barbara Street's yeah, a super but... coach it's gonna happen you know down the road this is great yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh guys what a fun show today I want to thank my guests for joining us today I had such a great time you can catch up with Jan to make sure he got some sleep tonight by following him on Instagram at C-M-E-L-I-K underscore J-A-N thank you Jan thank you so much of course so great to talk to you today go grab another cup of coffee and or maybe go throw on a Barbara match on YouTube and just have a good morning and just you know hang out our guest today can be found on Instagram at Barbara Streetseva or her fashion account at B-A-R-B-E-E-F-U-N, Barbie Fun, or on Twitter at Barra Streetseva. Also, be sure to listen to her podcast, Yubaru, on Spotify and Apple Pods. I can't thank you enough. I wish you so much luck in Australia. You're thank so much you fun. So much. I'll see you in Miami, hopefully, if there's, you know, this year. Gin and Tonics on me, a little captain. <laughs> <laughs> While you're on Instagram, shoot me a DM at John Garica and let me know who you're a big fan of and who you'd like to hear on an upcoming show. And also don't forget to follow us at Fantastic Tennis Pod or on Twitter at Fan Tennis Pod. My name is John Garica and thank you for listening. This has been fantastic. <laughs>